This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? It's Blair Angulo here with the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we get you ready for week seven of the college football season. I can't believe I'm saying that already. Obviously, we still have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to join us, but it's crazy to say that week seven of the college football season is here. On this show, we will be joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. We will discuss the latest in the recruitment of five-star offensive tackle Tristan Lee. All eyes now on Lee as a Marius Mims, the other five-star offensive tackle that was uncommitted heading into this week, made his decision decision to commit to the Georgia Bulldogs. A number of national programs are after Lee's signature, so we will go into that with Brian Doan. With Alabama coach Nick Saban testing positive for COVID, we will also take a look from a recruiting angle at the NCAA's decision to extend the recruiting dead period through the end of the year and why that may have been the right call. As always, please rate us, please review us. If you leave a five-star Apple podcast review with your recruiting question, you've got a chance to have it answered by one of our analysts on the 24-7 sports team. So make sure you submit those questions. Before we get to Brian, let's begin with the kickoff. We discussed it a few weeks ago as primetime Deion Sanders was named the head coach at Jackson State and maybe the recruiting impact he would hope to have. Now he's got two commitments to show for it. He went to the junior college ranks and picked up a commitment from defensive end Jamie White out of the state of Mississippi. And then on Wednesday, he landed three-star defensive tackle Brayshawn Ross out of Las Vegas. So now Dion has two defensive linemen in this class. And this is an indication of the recruiting pool that Dion could have in the future. Now, Ross in particular, had a number of Power 5 offers early on in his recruitment. He had recently named a top seven, including several other Power 5 schools. Jackson State came into the picture with an offer last month. He decides to celebrate his birthday by committing to Jackson State and giving Dion his first three-star commitment. So Dion at Jackson State will be a conversation topic among recruits, and I could see that ramping up even more once visits are permitted and recruits are able to hit the road to go check things out at Jackson State and get a chance to meet with Deion Sanders. So from Dion picking up a couple of commitments this week to the biggest commitment of the week, Amarius Mims, five-star offensive tackle from the state of Georgia, staying close to home and picking the Georgia Bulldogs over a number of other programs, including Tennessee, who, by the way, Georgia just beat over the weekend. You were able to see Mims announce his decision live on CBS Sports HQ. And here is Barton Simmons, the director of scouting for 24-7 Sports, breaking down what the Georgia Bulldogs are getting in Amarius Mims. 
Uh, it's massive. Uh, I mean, Georgia has been really the destination spot for offensive line recruits for a while now. And and I think that's what makes this so such a big get because behind that, those recruiting efforts has been Sam Pittman, their offensive line coach. Last year, he took off for the Arkansas head coaching job. Matt Luke stepped in, sort of tied up some loose ends in that 2020 recruiting class, brought in some good talent. But this was the first glimpse at what Georgia is going to do from a recruiting standpoint without Sam Pittman leading the way. And so Matt Luke taking the lead on this recruitment, being able to fend off some of the the highest profile programs in all of college football, including, as you mentioned, Alabama and and some of the more local rivals uh, is is just massive. Because I I think if Georgia wants to continue to to operate the way Kirby Smart operates on offense with that, that run game in the forefront, with that physicality in the forefront, guys like Amarius Mims are critical and this is as as talented an offensive lineman as you're gonna find and and really just sort of keeps the streak alive keeps the lineage strong in the trenches for the bulldogs and now that leaves just one offensive lineman in the top five at the tackle position that remains uncommitted we've got tommy brockermeyer committed alabama amarius mims comes off the board to georgia jc latham also committed to Alabama and number five, Nolan Rucci, who is headed to Wisconsin. And at number four is Tristan Lee. And we're going to bring in national recruiting analyst, Brian Doan now to break down what Lee is doing, how he's feeling with the recruiting process. Uh, But first of all, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, you know, uh, hopefully some of the listeners out there will hear my dogs playing in the background a little bit. But uh, other than that, just enjoying the night. Are they playing soccer by any chance? Well, my the puppy that we have is really good at kicking the ball under the couch. Okay. Um, especially once one of us gets comfortable and don't feel like moving. So I guess, I mean, I guess going back to the LA Galaxy days with Sean Franklin, she probably shoots just like him because nothing's ever on target. <laughs> That's great. Well, the, those are your 20 seconds allotted to soccer here on this college football <laughs> recruiting podcast. Uh, Brian Doan, Tristan Lee, he he now becomes, I guess, the epicenter of offensive tackle recruiting in the country with Amarius Mims coming off the board to Georgia. Now, I, I just ran off the, those names in the top five among offensive tackles. Lee is right up there with them in terms of talent, in terms of potential, in terms of, of physical upside. And you see that on tape. Now, his recruitment ha- has been, uh, I, I want to say, probably more eventful than other recruitments because he has been able to hit the road what's the latest on lee and and how he's feeling yeah he has been able to hit the road um and he'll hit the road again in in about 10 days when he goes to ohio state with his mom and his brother who's a um, underclassman offensive lineman aiden lee um and he's you know he's trying to get through the process see if he can actually make visits uh, maybe in January to if they open it up. Um, it's, you know, Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida, LSU, Ohio State are the ones you keep hearing about. But if you really look at the fall and what transpired, he took a visit to Oklahoma, um, you know, when they had the Sooner Summit, you know, at the end of August. Then he was at LSU on back-to-back weekends. And now he's going to Ohio State. And Blair, you know it, and the folks out there who were into recruiting, they, they know it you pay attention to what a recruit is doing, you know, not particularly what they're saying. Sometimes you follow the tracks you do. And, and, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But so you look at that and you say, okay, LSU makes sense. He likes Oklahoma and Ohio state. Um, 
you know, and I think when you look at it, those are the three schools to really focus on. Uh, there's frust- you know, I spoke with his coach, you know, I've spoken with Lee recently. Um, there's frustration from the standpoint of he wants to make visits. And it's not from the selfish standpoint of, hey, I just want to go get wined and dined and, you know, have fun for 48 hours. He wants to check out campuses again, make sure he gets along with players in the program, see what changes it have taken place at campuses because as we all know in this day and age um you know it seems like teams are building you know facilities left and right and add-ons and everything and he wants to see all that stuff and he cannot so he's kind of delaying it and delaying a decision i think right now um he, he pretty much has a pretty good feel on where he wants to go and we talk about those three schools but you know, until he makes a decision, anything can happen with people coming in and changing things up. With his his visit coming up to to Ohio State, uh, obviously the Buckeyes have been building one of the best recruiting classes, not only this year, but I think in recent memory, they got off to such a hot start. Alabama has, has since overtaken them, but Ohio State so, has so many big prospects still left on their board. What do you think he's going to be looking to see? Maybe that he already saw at other places. You mentioned him being at Oklahoma for the Sooner Summit. You mentioned him going out to LSU on on back-to-back weekends. Uh, What is Ohio State going to be able to present to him? Well, I mean, within the rules, nothing. He's got to do it all on his own. But um, what they're going to be able to do is, you know, talk to him about the campus, what, what goes on there. Um, by then I think they'll have played their first game. So they'll be talking about, you know, how they looked. Um, but it's more about just comfort on campus, walking around, making sure he knows where the dorms are in relation to the football facilities and, you know, where the classrooms are and all that other stuff. Um, so it's, it's the familiarity of it. And it's also, you know, Blair, you went to college, so you walk around a campus and, you know, whether you're being recruited for football or, you know, whether you're going to be some star in the scouting or journalism field like yourself, you go to, <laughs> you go to campus and you can you picture yourself there? Does it feel comfortable? Do you sit there and go, man, this feels good. It's kind of like when you go on vacation and you, you don't want to leave and you're like, man, I could live here that's kind of what you're looking for when you're going to these campuses. So you don't really, you know, he should already know, the coaching staff, what Ryan Day has to say. He should know, you know, some of the players in the program, the recruits, you know, they have Travion Henderson, a running back um, from Virginia in the class. So he knows that stuff. It's more about, you know, getting there, absorbing the atmosphere, and, and is he comfortable? Blair Angula, I'm a two-time sports writer of the year, 2008, 2009 uh, in college. So uh, I'm right there with the, the star journalism uh, and, and, and kind of the, the star pupil of Kirkhoff Hall is what it was called. Uh, joined by <laughs> Brian Doan. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan247. Now, now, Brian, I know on-field results, I think, are heightened in terms of importance. And I feel like right now recruits have that to go off of. And, and that's basically the biggest thing that they can look at right now, given the fact that there are no in-person meetings, there are no in-person visits. Uh, recruits like Tristan Lee are able to hit the road and go out and check things out. But I feel like whatever they're seeing on TV, whatever they're seeing on the field 
has been magnified more so than maybe any other year. Uh, LSU, obviously not off to, to the best start in the SEC. The Ohio State still has, uh, you know, obviously uh, to take the field, but they entered the, the season as a favorite to make it to the college football playoff. How, how important do you think that dimension of it is going to be in terms of his recruitment? Yeah, I don't think it's important. I mean, to be honest, I, I've always thought wins and losses are incredibly overblown unless you're talking about a coach on the hot seat or a coach who's trying to take his program to the next level. I mean, look, LSU's not off to a good start. All they have to do is sit. I mean, they have the relationship with Tristan Lee. They're telling him already, hey, listen, could you imagine if we didn't have 400 guys opt out and what it would be like? I mean, you know, Oklahoma, hey, we had a couple bad breaks here. But, I mean, it's about relationships, about, you know, for kids like Tristan Lee, it's about relationships, where you're comfortable, and can that coach develop you to get you to the NFL? That's what it's about. And, and the wins – yeah, yeah, he wants to play in the college football playoff. That, that, you can see that with what his finalists are. But, I mean, because they lost a couple games in a season that is unlike any season anybody's ever going to experience, then for me, I mean, he's far enough down the road that if LSU loses another game, it's not going to be, oh, I'm not going to LSU anymore. I mean, I, I think that stuff is so overblown. I think the bigger thing is, you know, and I was speaking with his coach about this today, and he said he didn't think it would be that much of an issue is, you know, there's no eligibility being used now. So how does he look at the depth chart and what kind of impact does that have moving forward? I think that's the big thing you look at with some of these kids like Tristan Lee. And, yeah, wherever he goes, there's going to be incredible competition. But it could be, you know, what, maybe what's the quicker path to the field. But again, with him, it's going to be comfort. And he's not going to anywhere where he thinks that he could, you know, he thinks he's going to go play in the college football playoff no matter where he goes. So a couple losses right now really doesn't do anything to him. Yeah, and he's a player, an elite one at that. Number 11 nationally in the 24-7 sports composite, number four among offensive tackles. And those types of players don't even care really about depth charts. I think they know that they have the skill point. They have the the ability to get on the field early. Um, and I think that is all going to translate into, you know, possibly what Tristan Lee decides to do. No, no, I agree. And, and that's one thing people are like, well, why do you want to go to Alabama? Look at how much depth they have every recruit believes they are the guy yes and especially the guys that bam and ohio state and clemson and lsu are recruiting they're watching some dude tear it up at that school going yeah he's really good i'm better because that's the mentality they have and it's not an arrogance you know to where it's cocky it's just it's a self-confidence that makes them great and so they're not sitting there going geez that's going to be hard to get on the field they're thinking i can't wait to go and be part of that yeah, and you just look at this class in particularly, right, with with Alabama landing Tommy Brockemeyer and, and J.C. Latham. Those are two premier offensive tackles, two of the top three in the country, and, and they're not afraid of, of that competition, right, of knowing that they will have to face off against one another for reps and even with the guys on the field and the guys that the, the staff's going to recruit to play ahead of them in the future classes as well. I think all these players that are considering these elite programs, the ones that are in the conversation for the college football playoff, think they all understand that and they have the the self-assurance and that confidence to go wherever they feel is the best fit regardless of who else is in that class we'll be right back with more here on the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, I am Blair Angulo, two-time Sports Writer of the Year at the Daily Bruin at UCLA, Brian Doan. I know you're an L.A. Wait, guy. Wait, I know, hey, I know the journalism. You know, I know you know journalism in, in L.A. And, and, I, and was, I know the Daily Bruin. <laughs> and you know the Daily Bruin. And I did intern where you were working once. I don't think we've ever brought this on the podcast. I did not know that. What year was that? I think this, I was. You were on vacation, and I took over your Inside SoCal blog for about a week and a half while I was interning at the LA Daily News. Uh, it was the Inside UCLA, and I will tell you what, I, it was a fun time, man. I it was it was one of the most enjoyable parts was was the blog aspect and interacting with all the readers and the UCLA fans, um, and from that. A, I got some tremendous sources, and B, got invited to some great tailgates before some football games. I think the best story I wrote while I was filling in for you was this is not a, this is not a long list now, right? <laughs> no, it's not because okay. I was I was an unpaid intern at the time. Okay. Uh, summer <laughs> summer of two thousand nine, I want to say. Oh, summer! Uh, you know, I was on vacation. <laughs> the the story that got the most hits was Terrell Owens going over to the men's gym and playing some basketball, uh, some pickup basketball with like NBA players, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, guys like that. And he was out there and and I wrote a story about it and it, it did tremendously well. I remember, you know, when I covered UCLA, you'd go to the men's gym on campus. They wouldn't play at Pauly. They'd play at the old stuffy men's gym where you can barely go out of bounds. And I mean, you'd walk in and it'd be like Garnett, Kobe Bryant. I mean, it was, I mean, and, and luckily they knew, you know, you had to get through security and get through, but that was one of the big selling points that UCLA used to use in recruiting is not only do you come to UCLA, you know, for basketball with Ben Hallen was not only do you come to UCLA to, you know, education, play at a historic program, try to win another national title, by the way, in the summer, this is what the pickup runs look like. And I yeah. mean, you would, you would go in there, man. And it, it, there was times it was just fun, and other times the intensity was incredible. But, you know, where else could you walk in and see, like, Garnett and Kobe playing? Yeah, well, I, I thought you knew that. And so I brought it up on the pod, and, and obviously now it's out there. And, and I'm glad you are aware now that I you, once you interned think, and filled in for you. You think Terrell Owens is sitting there going, I remember this one time Blair and Gulu came out. <laughs> <laughs> you think he, <laughs> no? He definitely does not. 
He definitely does not. We are joined by Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan247. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. Now, Brian, we touched on Tristan Lee and, and his upcoming visit to Ohio State. Now, the, the next topic that we will discuss is, is exactly that. Recruits that have not been able to take visits during this ongoing dead period that has been extended through the end of the year. Now, with Nick Saban and, and the news of, of his diagnosis and, and testing positive for COVID-19, uh, you know, you point to that and you and you look at that and you wonder what what would be happening now if, if visits were permitted, right? H- had there been official visitors uh, on campus heading into this weekend's game or, or even last weekend's game, you know, in any scenario um, and a coach or even a, a team like, like Florida, which has been going through, through so much. Um, I think you point to that and, and you, you know exactly why the dead period has been extended. Yeah. I'm, I mean, and, and it's a scary part of it. And I, you sit there and you look at it and you say, okay, he, he tested positive. I think if I read correctly, um, he didn't have any symptoms or, or, you know, doesn't feel sick. If I'm, if I'm, if I saw the early reports and and hopefully that's what it is, but yeah, I mean, then you don't know if a recruits on campus, is he passing it to a recruit? Is he passing it to a recruits family? And, you know, it, it just opens up, all these health concerns and legal issues let's be honest i mean you know what goes on at the high school level and a lot you know even at the the college and pro level is you you look at and you say there's so many legal ramifications from this because you never know if somebody gets sick and they turn around and somehow can trace it back to a coach at a school that puts that school in a really tough spot and a kid comes and visits a school and now one of the coaches tests positive or one of the players, you, you mentioned Florida or Alabama or wherever Vanderbilt and that kid who's a recruit is in contact with those players. And now all of a sudden he goes back to his high school team and he's with them. And now that high school team has to quarantine or maybe miss some games the the how contagious everybody says this virus is and how it just you know people are getting it and i have no idea sometimes where they got it from it opens up um just a lot of avenues that administrators coaches players don't want to go down yeah and and i think recruits themselves obviously with a big decision ahead of them uh, ahead of the early signing period which is still scheduled for december i think they really wanted to be able to take visits and who, who can blame them right they need to be able to do their homework they need to be able to go and, and get a feel for campuses we've talked about how important that is for a recruit when he's making his decision but when it comes to, to safety not only for these recruits their families but also on the, on the college staff i mean imagine all the red tape that recruits would have to go through and, and the testing and and being able to, to quarantine and being able to make sure that everyone that is on campus is is negative you know with their test results i mean there's just so many hurdles that would make an official visit essentially very complicated and wouldn't, I mean, honestly, wouldn't make it a true official visit experience. Now, one workaround that, I, that I've been hearing about from recruits is, especially those that are enrolling early, is that they will 
potentially get their official visit in the weekend they move in. Now, I'm wondering how that's going to work, right? But I feel like it's it's one way for the prospects to have a good sense of what they're signing up for before everything kind of starts and before everything gets going. And, and it's a and it's opportunity for colleges to roll out the red carpet for a lot of these players that, you know, they've been recruiting for months and months, but never got a chance to really wow. And, and maybe some of these players have already signed, um, but I think that's going to be a, a component that we're going to be keeping an eye on in January once recruits start enrolling early at, at these programs. Yeah, I, I don't really see that happening, to be honest with you, because, you know, First of all, you know, if the, if the school, if they're going to move in on Saturday, uh, my understanding is if you take a visit, you have to leave campus before you move in before, you know, so you're still um, not a student at this school. And I mean, you're talking about doing it in mid-January. So what if they bring them in on a, on a Thursday to, to Saturday, right? Well, or, or, but, or a but Friday then, right, to Saturday. But then, what if it's but, only a two-day thing? Yeah, well, that's fine, and you can do that, but the NCA still has to open open it up that you can do it. And sure, but, but if, what I mean, I'm saying, why, they're why not the technically. Technically, they wouldn't be moving in until that Sunday, right? Right, but so, why would the NCA open it up? I don't know anything that's taken place in the last six months that makes anybody think the NCA is going to open it up for visits in January. I, especially when you look at all the spikes going across the country. I, I can't imagine in any way the NCAA is going to open it up again in January. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just playing a little yeah. devil's advocate. I'm yeah, I get that. There's, and there's look, a if, workaround if that's being talked about a, a little bit here right now amongst yeah. recruits. Yeah, and I get that. But, you know, coaches are going to tell kids that that's an option because until the NCAA says no – then it is an option, you know, and they right. can sell that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was talking to a couple coaches um, on Wednesday about visits and, you know, some, you know, for some kids in the 2021 20, class and they were saying, well, we were hopeful that he would be able to make visits in September or October because college coaches were saying that that looked like it could happen. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't know anybody that's involved in the day-to-day -day stuff of recruiting felt like there were ever going to be visits in the fall. I, I, I mean, and because when you looked at what transpired and what is transpiring, we talked about the impact of recruits on coach, you know, that, that coaches, if they had the virus, if players in the program had the virus, how that would impact recruits. Well, what we haven't talked about is a recruit or his family who may pick up the virus going into a team and infecting that college team. Yep. And with all the stuff that is put in place to try to keep these players safe at the college level, you know, you can't really have that bubble in college that you saw work so well with MLS or with the NBA or even what they're doing with the baseball playoffs. But they're trying to create some kind of barrier for college programs and bringing recruits through that barrier jeopardizes tens of millions of dollars in TV revenue that these universities clearly value because that's pretty much why we're playing. 
Yeah, and and it's obviously needed right now, especially if they want to keep a lot of the other sports that that university has uh, afloat. So that that'll that'll do it for us. Obviously, we wish um, Nick Saban a, a speedy recovery, and and you know we wanted to kind of bring to light the recruiting implications of of, of why visits haven't been permitted uh, since essentially early March, and, and I guess through the end of of this year. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you to uh, who should be a Daily Bruin Hall of Famer. I think I might be. I need to check <laughs> the halls over uh, in Kirkoff and and see if, if my plaques are still up. Uh, <laughs> so that was Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Thank you so much for listening to us. Enjoy week seven of the college football season.